For the Canadian Society of Physician Leaders, I'm Pat Rich, and this is Leading the Way, the podcast for and about physician leaders. On today's show, your host, Dr. Johnny Van Arda, Executive Medical Director of CSPL, catches up with Dr. Verna Yu. Until recently, Verna was President and CEO of Alberta Health Services, and Johnny interviewed her in that role in one of our first podcasts back in 2020. Verna has just been named as Vice President and Provost at the University of Alberta. Over to you, Johnny. Well, thanks very much, Pat, and welcome, Verna. Hi, Johnny. Thank you for the opportunity. Verna, the first question I have to ask you after everything that happened recently is, how are you? Yeah, thanks very much, Johnny. And I have to say that I'm overwhelmed by the concerns and support of everybody not just within Alberta, but in Canada. And I just want to let everyone know that I'm doing fine. Uh, I have to say that I still am sad about not being in leading the system uh, within healthcare, but, and I'm, and I really miss the people. That part is probably the hardest uh, when you leave a position like this, but at the end of the day, I know that they're in good hands. And at the end of the day, it wasn't a choice that I made, but I've come to terms with it and, and I'm doing fine. So thanks for asking, Johnny. In our previous podcast, you talked about the advantages of the integration of the Alberta Health System for handling the pandemic. And I believe that since then, we have seen the good and the bad of regionalization and centralization. The good being coordination of supply management and distribution, uh, strong communication, the rollout and coordination of vaccination. And then in the second year of the pandemic, we saw an increased interference of the government in areas of public health policies, particularly in Alberta and Saskatchewan. So here's my question. How do we remove the politics from healthcare? Well, first of all, I would say that politics will always be part of healthcare because, you know, for most provinces, it accounts for more than 40% of the provincial budget. And healthcare is a very personal issue for all Canadians. And so this is something that's always going to be at the forefront. And I think there's going to be naivety if you think that politics will never be somehow involved in healthcare. I think it's really important to remember that it's our job in the system to always remain a partisan. None of us who are working in the system or leading the system are elected officials. And regardless of our personal views, the electoral has voted. And that's the price of democracy. As a healthcare leader, our goal is to focus on the health and wellness of the people that we serve. And there are areas that we can control and areas that we cannot. And we just have to accept that. But we also have the ability to influence with our knowledge and our data. In our 2020 podcast that you and I did together, that was during the first wave of COVID-19, you said that healthcare systems were very resilient. However, I submit that over the years, the move to advance the healthcare system has been hampered by inefficiencies, silos of care, lack of sustainable funding models, lack of accountability, and of course, the politicization of healthcare. I submit that we are now stuck in what Brenda Zimmerman called the rigidity trap. So the question is, how do we deal with all these complexities while we also try to ensure that our healthcare system is the best that it can and could be? 
I would say that if anything, COVID has shown us how to not be rigid. And I would challenge the comment about rigidity of the systems because for health systems to be able to adapt in our response to the pandemic, we have had to be flexible and adaptable to ongoing changes, not only in care, but ongoing changes in evidence. So I actually think that COVID has helped the systems, have tested all the healthcare systems to do the best that they can. And, you know, I I think we were relatively successful. There's always the other side. Could we have done better? Um, How do we move forward? The workforce challenges are astronomical right now. But I absolutely believe that the only reason why we're able to do what we're able to do today is because we have been resilient. Now, can we do better? Absolutely. Going forward, we have to make sure that we maintain the momentum uh, and really continue to promote the culture and principles of a learning healthcare system. It really requires leadership to instill that culture of continuous improvement. It's about having uh, the data infrastructure in place to make sure that we have real-time access to data that actually helps inform care. Uh, It's about really ensuring that we've got the competencies in our workforce to be able to promote that continuous improvement uh, culture. And really combining all of that, you know, using the evidence, uh, having the staff know how to do it and learning from our past experiences and making sure that we continue to take advances and progress forward as we all need to do uh, coming three years now into the pandemic almost. What in your mind do you believe we should continue doing and adopt from the crisis and, and what should we stop doing? I think for sure things that we need to continue doing is really being able to think outside the box. You know, I think with some of these, uh, what's what the major issue right now in, in all of healthcare in Canada is the workforce. And we got we got to challenge ourselves around our traditional thinking. We know that we have one of our major challenges in rural and remote areas. There's no magic quick fixes in trying to bring people, you know, to work in, in those areas. So do we think outside the box? And I'll give you an example that, was shared with me from uh, one of my colleagues, Richard Lowanchuk, but he shared with me that there are some jurisdictions that are using retired teachers in these remote rural communities to do point of care testing for the citizens that live in those areas. And so I think one of the things that we have to keep is that inquisitive nature that we all have been using, but to a much higher degree and really challenge ourselves um, going forward. The other thing that we have to keep for sure is the data and the use of data that we all used. And some of us use predictive analytics to help us predict out you know, capacity, to predict out uh, PPE supplies. We have to keep using those types of tools. The other thing that we have to keep is really around the use of rapid reviews of evidence. One of the things that was very helpful for Albert Health Services was that we had a scientific advisory group that actually was continuously, I mean, the number of hours that they put into doing rapid reviews of everything from use of PPE to visitation guidelines to, uh, I mean, just everything uh, was very, very important. What should we stop doing? Um, I think there's lots of things that we can stop doing. Um, If it doesn't help impact care, then I think everything needs to be put on the table. Imagine for a moment that you are the elected, a partisan, premier of a province in Canada, what would you do for, in, and to the health system? Well, thanks, Johnny, for that. I've never 
thought about running for politics and I never will. So but <laughs> if I was in such a position, I think one of the things that I would really strongly advise um, elected officials is that it's very, very important to really value and respect the people who are leading and working in the system. I think one of the challenges that we've all experienced in leading healthcare organizations is that it seems like everybody whom you speak to about healthcare thinks that they know the magic bullet to solving the situation. To be fair to the people who have been working so hard in leading the system, the easy things have been done. And the things that you now have to deal with are very, very complex process issues and some structural issues that are not easy to do and really take some focused effort that takes time. Let this healthcare system do what they need to do because they know what they need to do. They know what needs to happen in terms of enhancing care in the community and trying to keep people at home to the best that they can, you know, promoting wellness, uh, reinforcing the foundations of primary care, which is so important for any strong learning healthcare system. So Verna, now I want to explore a little bit deeper your role as a physician who was leading a large health organization. And so I remember that at one point in time, you said that physicians make good health leaders because they're used to deal with ambiguity. They work in teams, they practice systematic thinking, they practice strategy and innovation. But then when you look at the other side, I mean, as physicians, we're also committed to our specific professional values that are embedded in our Hippocratic Oath. So that's a polarity, and polarities create inherent tensions. So the question is, how difficult is it as a physician CEO to live up to your values as physicians? Are there times that you have to compromise some of those values, and how far would you go as a physician leader, if, if at all? Yeah, so that's a really difficult question because I think that answer um, is going to be different for every person, right? So the reason why I went into Alberta Health Services 10 years ago was because as a physician, I wanted to have some impact on care and outcomes for Albertans on a provincial level versus being within a university setting. For me, the North Star is what I think all physicians want. So I don't think there was any tension there at all. I absolutely agree with you that depending on what happens politically, you really do have to be careful to keep your own political views out of the work that you do in leading an apartisan organization. But when it comes to how far can a physician lead a compromise, that is up to every single physician. You have to decide when you go into these roles, what's going to be the red line for you? Like what is going to be the line where if you're not able to do what you think you can do and if you think you're compromising your values to the extent where you're uncomfortable and cannot live with, then you got to be ready to walk. Why do you think we don't see more physicians leading in formal institutional roles in our health system in Canada? Well, I think it's very difficult to lead uh, right now in any healthcare system. The pressures are very, very high. Tensions are high, obviously, and physicians have choices. And the other choices are looks pretty good. So when you compare, you know, the personal choices that you have, um, do you want to take a job where there's a lot of stressors, headaches, things that you can't control versus 
you know, another potential choice where you have a lot more autonomy and control and mastery, um, why would you want to choose the other? Uh, my selling point to the other is that this is the way to actually help our healthcare system. I mean, after training for how many years? I mean, for myself, it was 13 years, you know, to become a pediatric nephrologist. I want this healthcare system to be successful. I am part of the healthcare system. And I want the system to be here for my children. I'm a new grandmother. And I, and I want to contribute. And this is the way to do that. Um, and I think for physicians who don't want to think about that, thank you very much for providing clinical care to all Canadians, uh, first of all. But you know, you we do have an ability to make an impact. 70% of healthcare costs are decisions that are made by physicians. Physicians have a big role in all healthcare systems. And if we don't know the system, who does? And so really, at the end of the day, sustainability for me long term is really around appropriateness of care, Johnny. It's about making the right decisions at the right time, being cared for by the right team with the right data in the right place. And physicians know all of that. And we have an ability to make an impact. And so, you know, I've done my best that I can in doing that. And I sure hope that others will continue. I need to finish with this question, right? I mean, you and I have have, have known each other for a long time. And so I, I need to ask, when you, when you look back on the 30 years in your life as a physician and as a physician leader, what, what makes you smile? That's the first question. The second one is, what is your biggest regret, if any? And, and what might you do differently? Yeah, what makes me smile? Well, Johnny, you know me, so I smile a lot. It's the only way you can, you can uh, cope with tough situations. But, you know, I would say that the thing I'm so proud of is building the culture of a provincial healthcare system and really trying to make it a place where people feel safe, uh, where they feel happy to, to be working in, in, in the environment and to sort of build that positive team-based culture that is proud of what they do in providing care to Albertans. I actually don't live my life with regrets and mm -hmm. I don't second guess myself because life is too short. Every decision I make may, may not always be the right decision, but I just go forward with that and make the best of, of what I do. Very wise words for uh, for all of us. Thank you. And and thank you, Verna, for for giving us your time because you are preparing for something new. And so I wanna on behalf of me myself and, and the CSPL, I wanna I wanna wish you all the very best in your new role as provost and vice president of the University of Alberta. And thank you very much. Thanks, Johnny. It's always a pleasure to speak with you and I Really enjoy our conversations, and I hope it's been helpful for some of the listeners. Thank you very much, and uh, back over to you in Ottawa, Pat. Thanks, Johnny, and thanks, Verna. That's our show for today. Summer is here, but that doesn't mean we're taking a break from our podcasts. Please continue to subscribe to them through your favorite podcast platform or access them via the CSPL website at physicianleaders.ca. Until next time.